Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. I'm Victor Rubio. And I am not Natalie Willis again. Wow. <laughs> you betrayed me. I did. Natalie is out this week again. Boo. She has, um, I think she got into a blimp accident. What? Yeah. You didn't hear about it? No. Yeah. Remember Weird. That? I was texting her earlier. She got hit didn't by, mention it. I think she got hit by a blimp. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> interesting happens to one american every year nice to know you don't even so. see blimps now that that's interesting natalie's this year's blimp accident well so. at least she's taking one for the team for everyone for this year thanks nat for, for all of america so marissa my girlfriend is back on the podcast you trusted me another episode <laughs> uh and then something okay all right let's let's clear some stuff out um i want to shout out to roxanne who always comments on everything and is dying for a digging six feet undershirt. That's so funny, Roxanne, because I'm actually wearing mine right now and Victor is still not in his. Still have not seen it on him. I'm not in uniform. I'll actually, Roxanne, I'll just mail you Victor's. That works. Yeah, there you go. Um, And Marissa is also drinking coffee out of her digging six feet under mug. That's right. On the first episode you were on, our friend Megan said she wanted to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> so, I usually ask what your what's your experience with Six Feet Under, but your experiences you picked up sometime during season three, and now you're here. Now I'm here. So, um, and I don't think your background really matters to the podcast. I mean, you're Florida girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll let you choose. Do you want to do douche or no douche? Uh, or do you want random questions? You know I'm bad at both of these things. This is so just so the audience gets a little bit more of a feel about you. Okay. Douche or no douche. Okay. I think you've done some of these already because these are hard to. Um, <laughs> we're going rapid fire. Duh. Um, we've done a lot of these before, so this should be easy for you. And this is Again, this is so everyone knows a little bit more about Marissa. This would definitely be so that they can get to know me. Yes. Obviously. This is how I, yeah. this is what we did on our Clearly. first date. I walked up and I said, <laughs> we're going to play douche or no douche. Clearly. Let's do this. It's one, it won me over. Okay. Guy who has a big water jug at the gym. Douche. Uh, extra medium shirts on fit guys. Douche. Rise and grind as a Facebook status. Mm, no douche. Truck nuts. Douche. <laughs> Huge douche. Uh, vanity license plates. Nah, no douche. Wishing someone who doesn't have social media happy birthday. Douche. <laughs> Calling a plane a bird. Total douche. Uh, initials on your sleeve of a button shirt. No douche. Uh, fist bumps. No douche. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that one? I don't know. Okay. I feel like you could always just do a good fist bump every now and again. <laughs> Marissa's trying to fist bump me right now. <laughs> Um, uh, stealing from work, not in a bad way, 
Just little stuff. Mm, no R- douche. Remember when we said rapid fire? Yeah, no douche. Clapping at the end of a movie. Douche. Clapping when the plane lands. Douche. So douche. A <laughs> uh, guy who says, give me the deets. No douche. Finger gun. <laughs> uh, finger guns. No douche. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember our first date then. This is <laughs> dabbing. Douche. Tribal. Uh, How many are there? Finger guns is no douche, but dabbing. Okay. Tribal arm tattoo. Douche. Uh, saying Bud Heavy when ordering a Budweiser. Super douche. Ringtone. It's douche or no douche. Douche. Super douche is not this game. Douche. You're playing a different game. Douche. Uh, ringtones. Douche. Unless it's Christmas. Guy who sends you memes. No douche. Mm. Sandals with jeans. Mm, it's Florida. No douche. <laughs> saying YOLO. Douche, but I do it sometimes. <laughs> saying hashtag. No douche. Uh, wearing a sports jersey. No douche. Jewelry on guys. Douche. Manicures on men. Douche. Super, super um, um, rapid fire here. Axe body spray. I can't smell. <laughs> Fun fact about and, me. And, and that's, that's, and we'll get And that there. was okay. our first date. Beats by Dre. Douche. Taking a selfie at the gym. Douche. Sunglasses indoors. Douche. Fantasy football. Douche. Horoscopes. Douche. Saying the word adulting. No douche. So I guess would it be would it be your and we're so heavily invested into you right now would it be your like sort of like how do I say this just like your what would be like under your name that you can't smell what do you mean like that's kind of like your it's claim, my thing that's your, yeah that's your that's thing my, that yeah. you can't smell and it's not like a joke or joke or a trick it's like or anything a, it's like a superpower uh it's the opposite of a superpower. But, you know. Right. It's my thing. Can't smell. So now that we've met Marissa and we know a little bit about her. Know me her, so well. I read those so fast that I'm even, I have to go back and listen to which ones you... The finger You were ones. upset a few. A few. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so this episode, Coming and Going. I guess a, 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 short, a short thing on, on what you thought of this episode. Let me say this. We've watched every episode together. Yeah. And this is the first one we didn't. Hated it. Which is ironic because this is the episode we're recording on. So ironic. So, we don't so get much those, symbolism there. We don't get... <laughs> and we don't get these gasps um, and whatnot. So just a short little, short little bio of what you thought this episode... About this episode. Well, I... The the last few episodes have been kind of long, kind of dragging out a bit. So I thought this one was kind of good. I thought some things happened. I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought okay. it was interesting. So we can start with the death capsule. And it sort of took me a minute to realize that we, I don't know, maybe it seemed like it skipped the scene or that there was not going to be a death capsule because we see all the fissures involved. And usually you don't see all the fissures. Yeah, or, or the main really characters weird. in the storyline, uh, and then basically we see that Claire can't orgasm. Ruth is asking George to attend church with him. David has and David has heartburn. Uh, okay, we'll save that for later. The coming and going, what we thought of, why, what this episode was titled. Uh, basically, what we see is, I guess, part of the episode title. Uh, David and Ruth head to church, and Mr. Marshall pulls up in his mint sixties Lincoln. Puts his pre-need sweet papers. <laughs> it is a sweet ride. Puts, uh, his, puts his what papers for someone that... Pre-need. Because they say it in the episode. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Well, his pre-need papers is... He 
purchased the contract beforehand of what he wanted his details and everything. So it was like everything that he planned. Well, yeah, because they even say it later. Well, no, I knew that they said that they planned everything out, but I didn't know that. I I saw that he left something on the dash. I didn't know what it was exactly. Oh, yeah, no, because Nate mentions it later. He says he put his pre-need papers on. Literally, that's what he says, and that's that's what it is. And um, and then something like this that he didn't know he was going to... I mean, like I said... You'd have to give the show its liberty for knowing he was going to die at that exact moment. Yeah, I just, I wonder, like, I would just assume that when I'm 80, I'm going to think that if I have a sore throat, I'm going to die. Like, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, that I don't know how he knew he was going to die, but. Yeah, I think it's something you have to give it, like, a yeah. artistic liberty or whatnot. I think one of the more peaceful, I think one of the most peaceful deaths I could remember in Six Feet Under. Because, I mean, you have to imagine he had everything sewed up before he got there yeah because he was in his nice suit and everything what he didn't and probably what most people don't take into account is that becomes now a medical examiner case <laughs> like he doesn't go from there into the right. funeral home right the medical examiner gets involved he was probably autopsied because it's not just natural for someone to just pull up and just die like that right. and even kind of like rico mentioned some of it like what if he was set up yeah you know um so while he probably thought he was doing something really easy for everyone because they mention it he doesn't he want, to, want be it to be a burden yeah um probably put a little bit of burden <laughs> on the, <laughs> How and, ironic. It, and, and now the funeral home is like yeah someone died in our facility on yeah. our premise you know don't you have to call like the police if someone dies oh, in of your, yeah no yeah you can't just be like oh this guy he has yeah. his pre papers yeah it's totally cool like you that's know? actually kind of funny to even think about that yeah that he no. like me like if you die under any suspicious activity or not under a doctor's care chances are you I guess at the very minimum are investigated by the medical examiner. Yeah. Um, that goes for, you know, anyone, That's anything. so interesting that he didn't want to be a burden and then it kind of ended up... I mean, and the show doesn't give yeah. us that he was a burden, but taking the, what we try to do on the, and that is my ice machine, now that you hear that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the show wasn't trying to let us know that, but like, as we try to do yeah, the funeral director thing on the podcast, um, probably was a bit of a burden. Uh, our episode starts out with Rico in bed with Sophia. Ugh. Uh, first thing here, Rico and Sophia wake up at 11 a.m. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how what age you want to, we're young, we're old, whatever we are, but we are already experiencing, like, you can't sleep past a certain time. Yeah. Like, we used to be able to sleep till fucking 12, 1. Forever, yeah. And now it's like, what, like 9 Nine. If nine. you sleep till 9, it's like, oh my God, I wasted my morning. And we had one random night, right, where I think we were out till like 3 a.m. Yeah. And we slept till like 11 a.m. Yeah. But for the most part, on any random day, whatever, but Rico has two kids. And Sophia, she has a... Like, how... So, so I think with Sophia's job... Oh, fair enough. Like, you don't yeah. want to be... Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and she's obviously not the best mother. Yeah. You know? Um, Rico, I don't really think, has an excuse aside from his life is falling apart. Right. <laughs> so... And Sophia literally wakes and bakes. <laughs> yes. She, yes. <laughs> I yes. Her, I don't know. If, uh, I also I also really loved how she was like, oh my God, Rico, you are so good. Like, first off, who <laughs> says that? And then immediately following, oh, but you gotta go. What are you doing here? Like... That's that was so re- fake. But that's really cold. So, yeah, but like... I think she... I think, uh, you know, w- when you talk about this storyline, obviously, you just talk about how much of an asshole Rico is. Yeah. 
I feel like, and when I say it doesn't get discussed enough, it's, you know, <laughs> like there's huge discussion going on about the show, but I feel like what gets underrated is how well she played Rico. Yeah. Like she played that masterfully. She yeah. got her money. Her boobs. Her boobs. You know, and now Rico's like, oh, I need you. Oh, sorry. Doesn't nope. even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, damn, that, that really. Um, so basically from here we can go into any which one of our characters and like you were saying before the episode that you want to choose so go ahead and give us which storyline you'd like to do you want to stick with rico do you want to head to david and keith this let's is, do david and keith let's do david and keith um so like we saw in the, the beginning that david you know has he's still not okay clearly mm-hmm. um david and ruth are at mass and without george do you think it's so hard to do this was it okay for George not to attend Mass? Okay, so... I, I know this is more Ruth's storyline, but just because it's yeah. kind of here. Um, so I think I'm not a religious person. I've dated uh-huh. people that were religious, and I have i didn't ever go to any sort of um, like place of worship on a weekly basis or anything like that. But if they right. asked me to go, I would go out of respect for them. Um, she went hiking with him for fossils yeah, the following episode. True. I didn't even think like about that. Like you could you could have gone to church yeah. with her. And also it's not even that he just said like, oh no, what it's like he like kind of blew her off. Like, pray for me. And we're kind of making That's, fun of her, right? Yeah, kind totally like making fun of her. And right. and I'm not a religious person either, but I've still gone to, you know, places of worship because, you know, my significant other wanted me to or asked me to, and then, yeah. you know, so that was dick. I, I <laughs> D- douche. I had a douche. I have to, uh, part of me also though is kind of like, George is so set in his ways that he was probably like, no, I'm not going. Like, he, this is not like a a tender guy who's trying to like learn new ways with right. his wife. He's like, no, I'm going to look but at But I guess rocks, it just sucks. You know? Yeah. But I guess it just sucks that Ruth is trying to look at new ways on her oh, end. Of course, of course. You know, literally a yeah. week before hiking for fossils and right. he can't go to church with her for an hour. He even says like, it's an hour. And it's like, yeah, even more of a reason that you should go. And we'll, we'll we'll get back to 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 George and Ruth. My cap on this would be six divorces. Yeah. Like you like you know. Yeah. As long as, yeah like that's that's just all that matters. But at mass, um, David has this sort of superhero dream where, uh, um, what was his name? Jake. Jake attacks father. God, what's this guy's name? Father. It's not Father Jake. Fuck. What's his name? Father some. Father Jack. Father Jack. Yes. So it's Father Jack. I felt like this is like when you have like. You ever see those memes like you have a good comeback in the shower? Yes. Because in his head, David's like, and yeah. I would have done this. <laughs> so, and we have this scene on now where David just runs full blast and tackles him. So I kind of thought that, you know, obviously, like, clearly David is grieving and he's going through this whole process of, like, you know, kind of being up and down, kind of like a little bit of, like, self-discovery. And I feel like this is the first kind of, like, um, oh, what do I want to say? It's on a flashback. Um a dream sequence a fantasy uh, or or um i don't Callback, want throwback i don't want to say a fantasy but um whatever but this is the first thing that he like envisions where he's in control right so i kind of took it as like 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 he's not being the victim here he oh, is you think he's like kind of so i kind of feel like this yeah like i kind of feel like this is like maybe partially him um just like in like maybe like the five steps of grieving like kind of like yeah you know like point. changing his yeah, ways a little bit time, like he's not yeah. the victim anymore he was kind of like took control that's kind of how i took it yeah yeah 
Uh, and we see later that David calls Keith in when everyone's in the embalming room. Uh, I thought it was kind of adorable the way he tried to make himself yeah. <laughs> be busy. Yeah. Where he's just literally banging on stuff and just closing. And everyone's looking at him like he's crazy. Everyone's like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? And it's just funny because like here we are thinking like, I know, in his David's head that, oh, maybe he's getting a little bit better. And then you, know, I know. you see him on the phone with Keith like, ah. Um, just a quick note on that in that room where where they usually have the bodies facing in the embalming room. Uh, they had Mr. Marshall's body the complete opposite way. Hmm. I have no idea what they were doing to his body hmm. for whatever uh, sense or purpose that makes. Um, I guess we could sort of transition to Keith in, in terms of the storyline. And I guess we were kind of questioning it last week, me and Natalie, of whether or not Javier was gay. Yeah. And I think it's solidified. Okay. So I would agree with you, but like, is it really? Because then Keith says at one point, like, I don't treat my man like you treat your girls. Um, so then he, uh, so I still am confused. So is he a strong buy? Maybe. Strong on both ends? Right. And I also kind of... Like super buy? I also kind of thought, and this is not my opinion, I feel like this is just um, opinions that people have about like homosexual men, that they are like very promiscuous. Okay. And, um, and again, I, I, this would be like if, um, if he was bi, but like that, like, oh, like clearly like, you know, Keith is going to want to fuck me, you know? Right. Um, so then when he got denied, he was kind of upset by it, but I, I was just still confused when Keith said, like, I don't treat my man like you treat your women. I'm, I'm so I'm still confused by what his sexual yeah. orientation is. And they did mention that he's married, but we never got like, if that was just like a front yeah. of whether he not, he was actually married on, on, on the thing about promiscuous and that's, you know, the depiction of them. I kind of, I, I took it a different route where it was just kind of like, if Javier was a woman, he wouldn't be sitting there like, oh, come on come on fuck me look at my dick oh well look at my whatever yeah he wouldn't like, be saying that you're right 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 but i'm just saying it's just it was just such like he's just now now he's a total horn dog for yeah Keith. like that's all he wants to do it's like you, you probably play it a little bit more <laughs> hey what are you you know just not yeah well he's also drunk there. he's also really drunk but I, I mean even drunk right yeah maybe you're hugging or touching too much right not, or at least hopefully not you know whatever yeah way. i don't know he was just like fucking look at it man yeah i'm not sexy what yeah like, you know and we get the return of sarge in this episode and we see that uh, <laughs> this has to be a total 2000 and whatever this is a, this aired in 2004 but just where you have no idea what numbers are in your phone i know that's so funny it was even the number wasn't in his phone it was in his wallet he oh. said so that's oh, like so even, even funnier yeah so. he was like yeah. oh this this number was in my wallet but that's a, that had to have been a while ago at least somewhere around the year but he was just calling numbers in his wallet yeah out at, and he was in town he said for a tournament so basically what we see here is that david wants some companionship actually let me go back a second and say that sarge is from the paintball episode which is also the threesome episode where keith and david have a threesome with him and basically keith is totally in board on board with it and david is not um so would we be in agreement to say that david wants some companionship definitely and what did you think of this little transaction between sarge and david got intense it got really intense <laughs> um david did not seem to hold back at all like the last episode i believe or two episodes ago he was um yeah you know he, he went down on a guy yeah but then he totally he like, yeah. yeah um so he was seemed to be all for it but then um 
after they finished in the bedroom, like I feel like Keith or I'm sorry, I feel like David came out in his bathrobe, like like almost like a very typical situation between like him and Keith. And you could tell that he didn't he didn't want this guy Sarge there. He wanted Keith there or he wanted someone there, you know, like some comfort, like someone to like cuddle with. It seemed like, you know, but (laughs) this guy was just like, no, like I got what I wanted. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but it he definitely was using this guy, I think, not for sex, for more companionship. Definitely. Yeah. And and I could imagine when David David doesn't get that, that's kind of why he freaks out. Yeah. This guy Sarge, it's funny how, uh, I guess, bigger or stronger this guy Sarge is because David's like trying to freak out on him and try to like muscle him and Sarge is like, yo. I was just so, (laughs) I was so nervous that Sarge was going to beat him up. I was like, oh my God, no, this is not what he needs. It's funny, like Sarge is a meathead, but I feel like he would never beat him up. He'd probably like give him a good push. Yeah. I don't think he would ever, you know, I I guess Sarge knows what, um, you know, uh, and, and we could talk about it when we get to Claire and Edie, but it's kind of cool how they just sort of did like, uh, there's two sexual experiences going on between the Fishers and it's kind of back-to-back scenes where David and Sarge start making out. And yeah. Claire and Edie. Yeah. Like they're kind of just showing both sides of the coin. I yeah. I don't know if you want to say it that. Uh, and it's also kind of ironic that like David wants companionship and he's trying to get it with Sarge. And then like Celeste wants companionship and she's trying to get it with Keith. Do you, you know? think she does? She wanted, I, I think that night, yes. I think she just wanted. That night. She I just think. wanted to get late. Yeah. No, yeah. she wanted companionship for that night. Yeah. Same but I think. David. But I think with David, I think that he wants, like, I mean, you see later in the episode, like, he calls Keith and he says, you need to come home, you know, but. I, I think he just wanted a snuggle buddy for the night. And the same thing with Celeste. Yeah. She just wanted someone there to be there for the night. And it's just funny that, you know, David tries to get it from Sarge and Celeste gets it with Keith. How did you, how, so basically we find out that Keith and Celeste sleep together. Yeah. Uh, and in turn. I was not expecting that. You weren't. No. That they slept together. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't see why you would, because it's not like they're like show like Keith no always has a, a no uh, an eye for women. Like no, it just kind of yeah. It may have been the first time on the sh- the show that that's happened. Um. So we find out that since they slept together, Celeste fires him, Keith, as security, and it totally seems that this is like a normal occurrence because whoever Keith's bosses that was firing him was just yeah. like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. We know it's not your fault. Of course you have work back home. So right. it seems like this happens a lot. <laughs> now, and then and then we see that basically Celeste is like, you know, oh, I can't trust anyone that sleeps with me and, and blah, blah, whatever. What? Because then she kisses him on the mouth yeah. too and whatever. Um, I, I, I Let me take that back. I don't think that was that big of a deal. I feel like that's probably more commonplace in that industry, right? Yeah. Like, celebrities just whatever uh what did you think of of celeste reining him in to sleep with him and i think well right before when they're in the limo and um she's like totally freaking out and going nuts and she's on the phone with someone and i believe it wasn't her mom i don't think because she said something like um you know you think your job is irreplaceable i even fired my parents like i sign your checks Hmm. okay so um so you see how reckless it seems like she is with the people that work with her. Uh-huh. And it just seems that she kind of makes these quick decisions without, you know, with no hesitation. Right. So I wasn't shocked that she fired him. Like, I think that it's like a control thing. I think that she... I think it's totally like a power trip. Yeah. Like, I think that she's just like, 
I'm gonna you're do a gay whatever man. I want. Yeah, yeah, you're a gay man. You're gonna sleep with me. You work with me. I'm your boss. And then I'm gonna fire you. Yeah. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Um, and again, it just seems like she does this a lot. So, or or just randomly fires people a lot. I don't know if she yeah. necessarily has sex with them, but it seems like she fires people a lot. So it didn't seem all that crazy and for her. And we see at the same time that David freaks out to the point that he needs Keith home, and we'll see that Keith. This is really interesting where it eventually leads up to where Keith, his next security job. Let me say that. Okay. Um, yeah. I no, spoilers, no, no spoilers. No trailers. No, no spoilers. No trailers. Right. Goosebumps. Choose your own adventure. Who do you want to do next? Let's do Claire. Let's do Claire. I don't have much on Claire. Do you? Um. Let Good. me see. Good. <laughs> okay. So Claire and Edie have a day or a night plan to have sex and i feel like claire is like a a a high school girl like setting up her house for like going to a middle school cotillion a a middle school what that's what she says what is it she feels like she's going to a middle school cotillion what's a cotillion glad you asked okay it it originated in france in the 18th century and it's i swear i looked it up i know you looked it up and it's a formal ball i'd be more surprised if you said i didn't look it up and it's a formal ball okay um you know so she's super awkward but at least she acknowledges that she is Keep going on your thoughts about Clarinity because you just reminded me of something. Okay, so um, I just feel like Claire is trying to force this entire situation. I feel like for Edie, it's pretty organic. I think right. that she's actually into Claire. I think Claire wants to be into her so bad. She just thinks that she's so cool and wants it to work. But you could just tell that Claire is so awkward. And I don't know how anyone can like truly enjoy sex if you are that uncomfortable like she's you could literally visibly see her being uncomfortable the whole time i i yes but i also kind of feel like why why they were doing that with claire is that in the end she's not she doesn't like having sex with women right so she was just not in her element yeah um yeah and i guess i guess she wasn't comfortable so therefore she couldn't truly enjoy yeah, well, she like they were making out, and she just stops in the middle of it and yeah. says like, "I can't do this." Yeah, you know, it all just so yeah, feels wrong for her. The reason why I had stopped you is because in the beginning of the episode, uh, Anita, their friend, says, "Oh, look, it's Gertrude and Alice." Do you remember that little comment? I do. Do you know what that is? No, because I knew it was something, so I had to look it up. Um, it's a reference of Gertrude Stein and Alice Toklas, a famous lesbian feminist couple and artistic collaborators. Are you just trying to one up me on Cotillion? Uh, no, I I had thought it this Gertrude and Alice had something to do with back in the day of that thing. I thought that had something to do with it, but not, I've never, what is that? It's a start with a C or a Q or a K. <laughs> a C. A C. That sounds like one of those words starts with like a Q, but I looked it up because I thought you were going to be like, do you know what a cotillion is? Oh, yeah. so I was trying I, to, I didn't even hear the word. There so you go. That's why this is why you wear and make the shirts and drink out of the mugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if we should get into this now, but our so you kind of touched it a little bit when you were talking about um, David and Sarge's interaction, and then Claire and E's interaction, and then they talk about it right at the end. Go ahead. Um, so when Claire was saying that she just wishes she was gay because it would just be so much easier yeah, if she was gay, that? that was That's- so ridiculous. But again, it just brings it to like if this was present day, Claire, she would be like totally fitting in, like millennial. I feel right, like you yeah. know, like it. But it just sounds so ridiculous, and you know that David knows it's ridiculous also. Yeah. But um, but it's just funny. And then I thought it was 
I thought it was pretty funny that she said, um, at least it would be familiar body parts. And he was like, well, none, none, like no body parts are familiar <laughs> unless they're your own. You know, right, I thought that right. was pretty funny. But I mean, that's kind of, that's Claire being artistically what, expressing herself. And yeah. So she's and let down that she's it. not a lesbian. I bet you in a year from now, if she was gay, she'd be like, man, I wish I was straight. Yeah. Like, you know, like I just feel like it would be ever, ever moving on her. Uh, that sort of closes up our storyline with Claire and Edie, unless you have anything else on nope. that. Well, let's knock out Ruth and George. Ugh. Yeah. What's funny about George's storyline is the first thing George says is, if you have no interest in the past and you don't read history, then you can't comprehend the present. And what we'll learn about George is he does, he has no interest in his past. And no. he's, he's even been saying it, but there's two levels to it. We'll come to find out what really is his past, but just the way he fights with, um, not Claire, Ruth, about his past. He has no interest in... None. And it's kind of why he is the the way he is today. Yeah. I thought that was like, like a perfectly written line for that character, you know? I loved how Ruth was like jealous or slash mad of Anita. Right. You know, she, she's like, hey, where's the rest of your clothes? But see... That's such a mom thing to say. It's and definitely, a thing. It's ahead. definitely such a mom thing, but I almost took it as... She walks in and George is like full of life talking to Anita I feel and like I, I, I'm, super I'm, into the conversation. And Ruth, it's like pulling teeth to just try to get him to look at her, you know, right. that I feel like she was more upset with like their interaction and their like, quote unquote, debate than any than like of what she was wearing or like actually jealous of a younger woman, you know, minus the fighting. I feel like they probably never had that passionate of a debate right conversation like, right ever yeah you know? so when ruth walks in and she's yeah. like what the hell like george, yeah. you know they're like in this like whole thing and you know she can't get two words out of george like that sucks yeah and, and, and I, I guess it gets even worse where you know ruth is subtly letting george know that she doesn't so not subtly well <laughs> To George, it's no, yeah, total, to George right? for sure. Um, that doesn't like the flirting and debate, debating yeah. with Anita, and George doesn't can't possibly pick up on it. No, like, you know, so it just it's he's digging his own great whatever hole, and like he doesn't even notice. That. I think also because George doesn't notice it at all. I like I, I George is a little bit of a creep. Like I don't actually think he's flirting with Anita. Like he's not actually, you know what I mean. So. I don't think that he picks up on it. So Ruth is giving these subtle hints, but he's not even getting it because he he's not thinking that he's doing anything wrong, in my opinion. Uh, you don't think George is flirting with Anita, or do you? I don't. Oh, I don't either. I think I think George literally, I think at this point in his life and where he's at, I think he would rather have these kind of debates about fucking rocks or whatever he, more than he would ever want a marriage with a Ruth yeah. type. He also says at some point, and um, this is not verbatim, but he also says at some point in the episode, um, something along the lines of like, Ruth needs to like, find some hobbies herself and like yeah. like instead of nitpicking everything that he does she needs to kind of get out yeah so i feel like he's i don't want to say bored with her but there's just there's nothing there so with anita i i don't i think that he is kind of like a little creepy perv but i don't think he was like flirting with her i think that he was just like it was like a good conversation so good conversation uh and and like we said we 
we both agree he wasn't flirting with her. Yeah. But you said perv. Do you think George is a perv? Or you just kind of like, you were just saying buzzwords. A little bit of both. But when he says like, if you think that was like, you think she was wearing nothing then, you should see the girls in summer session. And he like kisses Ruth on the forehead. Like, ew. Uh, Like, so you're like, uh, ew. See, you know what's funny? I took that more of like, he's so old. They're so old. and And I know they're not really that old. He's so ahead. They're so in their stage in their life where, you know, I imagine what I mean, because we're experiencing it. We're we are experiencing it now as uh, this is on the screen. Now I want to see. Remember, I signed where this is the scene where Celeste starts creeping out. Cause I swore she was you don't to believe her you don't believe that. it's. I don't believe you. Despite <laughs> your. Oh, you think you have job security. I fired my own goddamn parents. Bam. But I swore one of the first things she said is mom. Huh. That's why you wear the shirt. Um, Marissa won, Victor zero. <laughs> Damn it. What was I saying? I knew this was going to get me off track. Um, George being a perv. George being a perv. Um, uh, so we're experiencing it now, right? Where, I mean, how many times have you seen... I'm going to say it with, with, with girls just because, to me, it's a lot more noticeable where you see a girl and you're like, oh, she's probably 25, whatever. And you find out she's like 16. Yeah. And we're now like, yo, put some clothes on. Yeah. So imagine what George in his let's just say call him sixty to what he's looking at. No, I'm Claire's sure. Age. What I'm saying is though, I don't, th- I don't even think George. I think George is uh, uh, sort of maybe like Martin, Martin, Arthur. Like he might be like asexual. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't. But what think, about when they were doing it really loud? Uh yeah, but I mean, every once in a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone like i don't believe the a well while i'm trying to say he's asexual every once in a while maybe there i don't maybe sign- the common denominator is ruth oh sorry ruth <laughs> <laughs> i i mean maybe maybe and, and uh i think it's rico who says it in this episode right it was like i knew you were sleeping with with uh, yes <laughs> yeah. mrs f so, yeah mrs f <laughs> uh um and we see that george starts cutting down this uh, do you have what kind of tree it was? I don't. Why are you wearing the shirt? I know. I should have. I'm, I'm still getting used to this. And he's cutting down this apparently really important tree for Ruth um, that was planted by Nathaniel on Claire's 10th, 10th birthday. Per- yep. Um, and he just hacks <laughs> the shit out oh of it. Oh, my God. It is so... I mean, you know, the symbolism of him just coming and basically doing what he wants and just cutting that shit down. Could you imagine just how awful... Ruth feels where that's something that meant something to her. Yeah. And way more than a tree. He is the one who did that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like an accidental gardener or whatever. Like, and that was him being busy. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. You know, ruining something that meant so much to her. Uh, I felt so bad. It was so sad. But George wasn't even like remorseful. No. no. It was like, one oh, if it dies, it'll eh. grow back. Yeah. <laughs> he says, you can't treat these trees like anthro something, whatever. Uh, um, uh, and then even later, you know, Ruth is cooking and George on his way out. He's just like, oh, see you later. Bye. And he goes to, are we still recording? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when George is on his way out and he's just like, going out, see you later. Kisses Ruth. I'll be out for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. I'll, be, I'll be out for, for just a few hours. <laughs> and it's so funny how quick the scene is. But the first time I saw it, like, you know, earlier in this week, I'm just like, Ruth is just going to let that... Oh! Like, yeah, you know, yeah. She just throws the, the pan on the floor. Um, 
that's kind of one of the most asshole things not picking up on it that george has done yeah and then what about um when he comes back and they're kind of arguing with each other and he says don't say i didn't warn you right right like that well first george the way george views marriage is he says marriage is a partner and a friend but he's not a very good partner or friend. Right, right. Yeah, so... <laughs> but you also kind of mentioned that he doesn't mention, like, love or anything. Yeah. Because you know, it's funny. is like, I, I... I I mean, you could talk about how many of the words, right? But, like, that's essentially what marriage is. Right. Partner. Right. And I feel like friend is thrown in with partner. No, yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's not either or neither. No. You know, he's just totally... Yeah. I'm going to chop down trees. I'm going to talk to women. I'm going to... Yeah. Whatever. I kind of feel like Ruth is finally realizing what she got herself into. I feel like she's known it, but I feel like at that scene, it was kind of like... Well, I mean, that's that, That's what... This is what prompts her to leave that note. Yeah. Don't send the authority. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Good for um, her. Yeah, I know. The, the, the tree... The tree name just popped up on our screen. But yeah... George George says that he feels like Ruth is smothering her. George kind of has a point. Because if you look at it from George's fucked up view and everything, that if this is a guy who does what he wants, anyone, anyone is probably smothering to him. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone But in I path. also feel like if if you tell someone that you're married to, hey, I'll be gone for a few hours, and there's nothing else behind it, it's not, I'm going to the gym, I'm going grocery shopping, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's just, I'm yeah, going to be yeah. gone for a few hours. I'm leaving. It's going <laughs> to prompt questions. And those questions you could say are smothering, but it's going to prompt questions. There's no way, yeah. where are you going? What are yeah. you doing? I mean, that's those are normal questions to have. So, you know, I think that him saying that Ruth is smothering is kind of a cop-out. Yeah. I, I see that she's being portrayed that way, but he's kind of making her that way, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, again, they're they're again six divorces like i can't yeah. you know uh kind of new uh we could hop over to brenda and nate brenda we don't want to go there you're no no your we head. do yeah we, we do. can okay brenda wants to go away for a bit and so are we well, wait, brenda and joe brenda and joe uh this is something i feel like if we would have watched the episode together i would have paused it and been like wait did she not tell him last episode? Did we miss a scene? Right. So I totally thought I to- last episode they were done. I, I couldn't even believe to see Joe this episode. It made me realize that she did not tell him with Nate. No, I knew she didn't tell him with Nate. No, see, I totally forgot that. So when they're yeah. talking about and, and she comes in and she's like, I went to the train thing with Nate. I'm like, hold <gasps> on really fast, though. The first scene that they pop up on he's playing i'm i don't know what instrument that is but it's he, a horn and it's not a french horn oh that's as, right as yes. clearly told us um that. so he's playing a horn and mm-hmm. she's like laying on the couch and it's just like stereotypical i feel like normal relationship and mm-hmm. it's like how can this scene i'm always playing my horn when you come home always <laughs> but how can this how can they just be and, and i mean you could tell there was definitely tension you know but how can they just go on with their everyday life as if this is this nothing happened you know I, I think i think in this episode it's further proof that joe is like a saint and what, he's just trying so what Brenda hard probably really needed or maybe didn't need for someone that she could just walk all over because yeah. she was going to but you know he was like she said i slept with someone and clearly she's having second thoughts about everything and there's joe like how was your day? I How can't was believe everything, it. Everything, you know. Yeah. Um, 
it was probably just like one little more twist of a knife to just show how perfect Joe was. Yeah. And how Brenda is probably never going to be with anyone else no, besides Nate. Definitely. And like he says at the end of their storyline, just basically that how selfish she is. Oh my god, I loved that entire <laughs> scene so much. Um Brenda calls Nate just how she can't surgically remove him out of his life. And you could really see though that Nate is trying really hard to pull back. Like he's in my opinion, I Re- like respectfully For sure, but not because you could have been like, don't call me, click. Yeah. It was just well, like, yeah. hey, is this not, yeah. you know? But I feel like don't call me, click isn't necessarily warranted. Like, I feel like right, he's, right. you know, doing it the right way. And you could tell that he's really trying to back away from her. And she's just persistently, no, let's, you know. Nate, Nate says to Brendan that we always have ulterior motives yeah. between the two. And their relationship on the show, is that's probably one of the truest things a character has ever said. Because there's always there's always been underlying meaning between Brenda and Nate, and I think the only episode where there was not is the episode we first see where Brenda comes back and and um, they go to lunch and Brenda just wanted to she was doing one of the steps in the recovery, sex sexual addiction recovery, mm-hmm. and one of the steps was just like confronting the people you've hurt along the way. Yeah, I, think that's, I feel like that's the only time we didn't have the ulterior motives thing. Um, we learned that. They're going to this man. Did you get the name of the place? I think yes. it's called the Lost Woods. No, Travel That's Zelda. Town. Travel Town. Yes. Um, the train. They mentioned the train is going to Vegas. Tell me if I'm reaching here. <laughs> yeah, your face just lit up. Uh, kind of. Vegas is like after the party thing and everything. Also has the connotation of divorce. I'm sorry, marriage. Like you know, kind you're of get- reaching. Get hitched in Vegas. You're reaching. Brenda and Nate are taking a train to Vegas. I think you're reaching. Fair enough. You don't know what happens in the next episode. Hey, no trailer, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 in my opinion, you're reaching. I know, I know. Uh, where I was taking it was like, she's kind of really cutting Joe out fast. And How do you come home and tell Joe about your great day at Travel Town with Nate when... I think I, right. I think, but I think I think probably where Brenda's looking at it is we're gonna we're starting new, and I'm gonna let you be open about everything. And I but I feel like Nate. she's not starting new. Well, no. Well, uh, <laughs> it's just it just it just blew me away. Right. Uh, um. Probably at that point, she's probably he doesn't know it's Nate. So I'm just gonna tell just him so tell him what up, I did though. today. I'm gonna so be honest. Up. You know, I'm gonna be honest about what I did. And. But yeah. like in so in her head, she's gonna be honest, so that kind of relieves her guilt. Yeah. But it's like, no way. <laughs> like And Joe, I'm Joe. Brenda and Nate are making out on the couch while Maya is sleeping. I guess even more credit to what a good guy Joe is. He's like, No, no, it's totally cool. Pick up your daughter yeah. and leave and I won't yell. Like that could have gotten really, yeah. really bad, yeah. you know? But I think no matter what would have happened, Nate would have grabbed Maya and got out of yeah. there, you know? Um, that's fucked up. So <laughs> fucked up. And Joe's right in everything he says about Brenda. Like, you know, that that was a really... It's not sex, it's betrayal. Yeah. And, so and, true. And, it's, and it's for her selfish. to say, yeah, Super and for selfish. her to say, I love you, and how in the world, like, you either... I, I, I understand. Here's the thing, though. You got to look at it like we're looking at it as like people who are not. We don't have this like huge sense of betrayal or like addiction. Brenda. I just I, just, I can't look at no, it any other way. No, but it's the same way. way like a drug dealer is like, no, no, I really I, I love you. 
but I stole money from you to take drugs. Like, she probably really does love Joe. She just has this addiction to, to in the end, destroying herself or her relationship. Yeah, it's just you know? really, really difficult for me. Like, I get what you're saying, but it's just really difficult for me to... No, no, I, it is. I'm just, I, I guess, I guess I'm not trying to like condone it. I'm trying to like explain it. I just thought everything that Joe said was perfectly no, 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 said. No. Everything he said. Everything Except did he you said. notice at the end of the scene when he like, he like said everything. He laid it all out. It was so perfect. And then he walks out and he goes to grab the door handle. Yeah, yeah. So ah, <laughs> like that, like ruined it. And that then like was... slipped on the door. It was like, oh my God, Joe, you were so cool. And then that... like slip on the handle. Like, oh. That was one of those things where they probably, in production, they had two takes. Yeah. That take, he was probably way better, way perfect. Or Brenda had a perfect... And they're like, listen, even though he messes the door, <laughs> we got to roll with that. It tape, was just like, you know? oh, my God, that was like such a good scene. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah, no. What scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. I guess we could move to our, the storyline. Finale. The finale. The the final, uh, is this episode seven or eight? I never eight. saw what episode we're discussing. Eight. Episode eight. We're talking about episode eight, uh, coming and going. <laughs> you did say it. I did say it? Yeah. Interesting. Because we talked about what it meant, and I had a Actually, that part that yes and we'll talk about it at the end here uh rico sophia and vanessa and you know we already talked about how sophia's not letting rico stay at her her place so we see rico's moving out packing his clothes vanessa calls sophia a hoochie mama rightfully so that's a 2000s word total 2000s <laughs> right but let's bring it back <laughs> let's bring it back <laughs> so hoochie mama yes um when they're fighting here and again it, it's sort of i feel like uh, they're fighting and rico says you know i never screwed her until last night <laughs> rico's blaming it all on vanessa all on vanessa right? what an idiot um this is the same thing i don't agree with him doing that obviously but I understand. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have no. You, you can't. I'm not asking you to to like give Rico some empathy or a sympathy. Rather, right? What I'm saying is, Rico has fucked up so bad to the point of where it's like I can't even comprehend. I can't even like take any accountability because it's just so awful what I did. So he's just, he's just like lashing out. Again, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's fucked up. And there's there, there's something here in the episode where it's like it's the worst thing I think he's ever done. And I feel like I do that every week. You do. Where I, yeah. Where <laughs> every week I have it. And again, I, I have it here somewhere where he just he tops it just a little bit more. What I'm saying is his back is so against the wall. He had like, I just feel like that was like his only way to. So that's lash fine. Out. But then don't blame Vanessa, don't blame Sophia, right. and don't be sad about it. I don't want to see you cry. I don't want to see you be sad about it because you did this. Yes. I, again. Like, and that's not a real, that's not realistic. Of course he's going to be sad about it, but it's also not realistic to the minute your marriage falls apart, go fuck someone else. Right, right. So I yeah. don't want, I don't feel any sympathy I, for again, you. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to feel sympathetic for Rico. I'm, I, I just get the, the, the thing of like, well, you made me do it. 
and just and then you know realize just so childish oh yeah of course of course and, like, it this is. is your wife look what he's doing though like you know what i mean yeah. all of it again i'm not saying like i feel bad for rico rico is hate him right <laughs> hate him yes um uh a quick moment i wanted to mention where i guess we could talk a little bit funeral wise because they don't really do much every episode gets less and less but there is some stuff in this episode when they're making arrangements for mr marshall um his daughter is brianna barksdale from the wire i know you don't know this but i don't know it's that important for me uh they mentioned how he never wanted to be a burden and not have them make any decisions um this is something where me and natalie would bounce ideas off of but because of that blimp <laughs> <laughs> Um, this, you, we, we, we'll get family sometimes where, you know, you make arrangements and there's usually big decisions to be made. Are we doing burial, cremation? What day? Do we want visitation? Do we not? Mom never said, dad never said. And so, and it's really funny when you have situations like this where they come in and it's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, what time? <laughs> yeah. Like they really have everything picked out. Uh, it is a huge burden lift off it lifted off people if you're fortunate enough to like plan it right, right. Uh, it really helps people out it's so, like if you're thinking about it do it now I'm making this like a, like a PSA yeah uh, sponsored by <laughs> um, we get a quick scene that Rico is sleeping on an embalming table so depressing like this is what your life has come down to um if I was going to rank them, so gross number one ew yeah i didn't even think about so that so depressing number two yeah i didn't even think that's so gross because here's the thing too there's couches you could have went upstairs and I, I that's your that's your spot right the couch for your nap listen if there's any <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna say this here this is another psa <laughs> if there's any funeral director listening the best spot to sleep is on a couch when i don't hear from you for like 35 <laughs> minutes and then you say oh my god natalie just woke me up yeah wait you act like that happens every day it does no it doesn't <laughs> you raccoon it does it happens twice a day Get there you go <laughs> uh uh you know it's really funny one time um i forget why i don't know and this is when i first started working i was like yeah i'm gonna take i was you know working and someone was like uh i'm gonna go take a nap and he's like, yo, get a pillow from one of the caskets. Oh. It's not ones that people's laid in. It's yeah, but isn't that still showroom. just like a little... It's, it's, it's a pillow. Okay. Most comfortable pillow Really? Like, really? Like, if it didn't have that connotation of that and like having it, I would totally... That cotton... You didn't steal one? That cotton that's in... <laughs> that cotton that's in that 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 those casket pillows are amazing amazing wow. take naps in. and the reason why i'm saying every funeral director knows that the couch is the most comfortable place to sleep is because just picture anywhere you work with just couches or whatever and if you've ever wanted to doze off during the day you go in the chapel there's nothing going on and you just snooze great perfect perfect this is so gross what Rico does sleeping on the table and there's something later he does even more gross really yes hmm. um Sleeping on a bombing table, here's the thing too. And again, this is the show not going for exact funeral details, but uh, he would at least line it with plastic. I thought he had something on it. He had it. a sheet. Okay. And a sheet is not waterproof right. or anything, you know? Right. But if you're Rico, and again, it's to show how depressing it is. Yeah. Not to whatever the practicality of it, but a couch in the chapel. Like, to, I've slept, you know, again, I've said Rico, it. Rico, if you're listening. Yeah, just Rico, so you know. if you're listening, right? Um, <laughs> 
Vanessa's going over the phone records and she can't possibly comprehend that Rico isn't sleeping with her. Yeah, and, you know and the credit card she's right. and the credit card receipts because she's saying, "How do you spend so much right, money?" Right, right. But you know what's funny? She's right. Yeah, <laughs> like they weren't sleeping together. You know. Well, now we get that proof that we said like, "Oh, maybe I they know. are, maybe they aren't." And now it's like, "No, no, it was actually true." Like that's the first time Rico and her had sex. When Vanessa calls his sister, her sister and Helica, and she's like, "Yeah, it's going down." This whole confrontation. So good. <laughs> what did I you love the of? Vaseline on her face. Right. And that's I, that's a thing, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean. That's why you have Vaseline in your car. Pretty much. Right. Ready to go at all times. <laughs> I love when they get out of the car and Vanessa's like wants to talk to her. And she grabs the bat. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> grabs the bat. It's like, oh, we're here for business. No, no, yeah. We're here for business. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a good sister. Uh, I feel like Sophia totally held her own against her. Yeah. Like she, she, the two of them were there to fight. Uh, again, at first Vanessa wasn't. Yeah. And then, but then Sophia into, threw the first punch. Right. But I'm saying for the two of like, that was two verse one. Yeah. And Sophia. But I noticed at one point Vanessa and, so- and Sophia were kind of on the floor, you know, wrestling back and forth and her sister, Vanessa's sister pulls Sophia off of her. Yeah. Um, and not like to go like a two on one, but I think like kind of to break it up, like it was kind of getting a little intense. And then that's when the neighbor called 911. Right, right. But um, I just, I, I never liked Sophia, but that whole entire scene, I just was cringing the whole time. I, if I was there with Vanessa, I would be beating her up too. Sophia had some good digs though. Oh my God. Terrible digs. Um, So bad. Like... You know, it's, I could I think, not imagine the amount of rage that Vanessa was feeling. I mean, if if it's one thing to know like your husband cheated on you and all this, it's another thing for that that person in your face to being be like, so shitty. You don't even know how to dress. I know. And what? I know. <laughs> the worst thing too about all of that is because like you could just tell Vanessa's just like seeing red. Like she's just so pissed. But the worst thing about all of that is now Vanessa and Sophia are fighting literally, and. Really, it's Rico. Rico's like the center of all of this. Like, be pissed at Sophia, sure, whatever. But it's Rico. Like, it sucks that now they're having this whole brawl. And it's a, it's about Rico, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. that that sucks. I did love, though, when they wrecked her car. Yeah. And just went in on it. And then afterwards, well, we're like, oh, we got to pick up the boys from school. Well, well, before that, Vanessa's about to run over. And Helga's like, oh, shit. Like she knows it's on. That's when she grabs the uh, the the brick or whatnot when they start. Aunt Vanessa's walking away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she goes to the car, and you just hear Angelica go, "Oh shit." Oh yeah, she, yeah. She's like, "Yeah, it's on." Yeah. Yeah, and after they're done fucking up the car, they're yeah. like, "Oh, we got to pick up the kids." <laughs> we pick up the kids. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> that was really good. Um, when Sophia calls Rico to tell him what happened, uh. I feel like this is the first time we've seen Rico concerned about everything that's happened. It's the first time he's been like, yeah. Oh, sh-, like, you know, um, and I think it's, it's also to the first, well, Rico trying to distance himself, trying to like remind her what her place is. Cause you know, if you notice he's, if infinity. you notice he calls her infinity. Yeah. It's probably, it's all he's got left in like his yeah. arsenal. It's all he could do. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you know, trying to show her disrespect of anything, you know, but she made out like, like a, bandit whatever that cliche means yeah like, you know um this next scene where rico is where i was saying it was so gross when ruth comes to find him in the morning 
looks like Rico just got up. He's on his bare feet in the embalming room. Gross. There's nowhere like bare feet. Uh, how do I say this? You're sort of weathered at this point as uh, us as humans. Uh, where you can kind of go outside in your bare feet. Right. But you don't go like too far. You're right. not like walking around the neighborhood. Right. Just like if you're going outside for the mail right. or just something in your car or whatever. There's not. Let me ask you this. Are you someone who takes your shoes off at like events? What kind of events? Weddings, parties. I change into like other shoes. But you don't go the, 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 the woman bare feet look. No. That's gross. The floor is so gross and you're just stomping around with your feet. So bring it back to Rico. You are into feet, though. Okay. Now you're making it sound like I have a foot <laughs> fetish. <laughs> you're making it sound like all of Okay. So- softest feet in South Florida, though. Softest feet mm-hmm. in South Florida. Um, but no, like, that's gross. Yeah. Do you know what goes on that floor? No, I don't want to know. And, and if you don't, right, picture a hospital room. Ugh. Would you ever walk through the hospital no. bare feet? Yeah. No. The embalming room. And again, you try your best to sanitize and disinfect it, whatever, but there's still stuff that was on there. You know, there was a few uh, a few seasons ago where a body had gotten chopped up in like a dough mixer Ew. and all the body fell out onto Ew. the floor. And Rico's just like... Well, what about when the blood overflowed with the pipes? Oh, yeah. That yeah, was... Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was... You have to... In, in terms of this show, that was like six months ago, yeah. let's say, give or take. And So gross. That's fucking gross. He's barefoot yeah and again you have to give the show its liberty they're they're trying to show rico this is like his morning spot now but ah um to to and yeah i I guess another point is rico shows more remote more remorse to ruth than he ever shows anyone else yeah he's like i've messed up and it's only to mrs f yeah mrs f (laughs) uh i want the last thing on the rico storyline before we close out our episode they show this black funeral Mm-hmm. whatever nationality or or whatever it was have i ever told have i ever had this discussion with you that black funerals are the lit, best lit yeah that's probably me or you that's all right it's one of our computers um black funerals the best yeah the songs uh i know there's a comedian somewhere who made a joke where you know all that, like white 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 peoples and you know, really not trying to make this about race but like white general white and i guess what they're more pointing towards is like catholic it's very not mundane what's the word calm and black services are they have the songs yeah clapping and everything it's great uh and i i again i i had one recently where i told you like their the the funeral service it was at i forget you were getting down i was getting down yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and i love the depiction of it in this show yeah it's it's the clapping it's the music and everything in the singing i mean we have when we do these services sometimes i'm saying black and i'm being all-encompassing but caribbean mostly because we're in south florida we have a lot of caribbean down here um oh you got a band playing like it's a it's a throwdown it's a celebration (laughs) though um I always, whenever I think about this now, I think of our friend Charnel at the What About Your Friends podcast, where I think our ep- episode I did with him, and he was talking about his mother's funeral. Is I think the episode title is Mama's Funeral Was Lit. Yeah, that's <laughs> and awesome. He told, and he told me, like, my mother's funeral was lit. That's like, so you know? awesome. Um, but that's that's the most... Uh, but wouldn't you rather remember it that way? No, I, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like Totally. Um, I like how they were playing Oh Happy Day oh, and then it's like happy. there's Rico yeah <laughs> yeah. 
Um, not, not so happy. Our episode closes out with um, Ruth gone. She leaves a note. She's probably gone to Sarah's. Wasn't it kind of weird that everyone was like watching TV with George? It was like family time with George. Well, here's what's interesting about that. If you noticed that all the fishes are on the couch. Yeah. Because uh, Nate shows up. And is this the episode where the, the food it, it was smoking? George has to take it out of the oven? Yes. This was this episode. Because she said dinner's in the oven. And what's funny about that is Ruth is sort of like a, a small for lack of a better word motif of ruth is that like she controls everything by food yeah anytime someone's sick and children sick mad hungry whatever she's always making food and here like the food's literally burning for george right <laughs> you know uh yeah then there it is we have it on the screen now uh but basically what's funny about that scene is all the fishes are in the couch and george is sitting by himself so like even when they all are missing ruth even George is like separate. <laughs> like, you know, George is not like a fisher. No. He's he's still on his own island yeah. or whatever. Um, and the fact that they're watching Simpsons. Yeah, so funny. I, I don't know how to how to categorize Simpsons besides like a dysfunctional cartoon yeah. gimmicky family. Like, you know, um, whatever you want to say about that. And yeah, basically, you know, George is by himself on the couch and that's how our episode ends. Anything we glossed over that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I have, so I have, um, a question from our, our fan, David. Um, and I guess this is going to be a two part cause Natalie's going to be able to remind me of a lot, but David basically asked um, tricks that funeral directors use that might seem a little unorthodox. Ooh. Uh, he, he had said, for instance, I heard that condensed milk is sometimes run through the body if a person died with jaundice skin to bring them back to a more ne- neutral state before embalming. Um, and there's an episode where, you know, Rico uses cat food to fill out a porn star's breast what? or bra, whatever. Yes. Um, this is you not having seen season one and two. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, have I ever mentioned something where you were like, huh, I would have never thought that. No. We, it's not like we sit there and talk about my job all the time, but I'll mention stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm interested in your job. Yeah. So I, but not that I can think of. I tried to jot some down before we, we started, we, we started recording and I know I'm going to think of one few hours from now. Yeah. Uh, I've never done this one, but using Epsom salts and like embalming fluid, apparently you have to like let it mix for like a long time like 20 minutes and apparently you get a better result of a you body you can use epsom salt for everything Anything. we're using epsom salt Garden right now me. as our microphones if you don't know <laughs> i believed you for like half a second but honestly you can like use it in your bath you could garden with it it's literally like like what's that my big fat greek wedding where they put windex on everything yeah, i'm a believer salt. with epsom salt yeah uh on full open caskets so you have caskets that are just just the front half is open, the head end. There's and if you see, and it's more like in movies, it's more a traditional thing where the whole. So you see like the whole of the person's mm-hmm. legs and everything. Uh, so just picture when you're laying down, your pants just kind of fall flat on you. Okay. So we sort of, uh, a lot of what we do, like this is when dressing and casketing, and when you see them in casket, it's a lot of like optical illusions of sorts. Uh, so sometimes we kind of like roll up newspapers. Mm. So just picture like a little tent like this. Yeah. 
and we like we put it up the leg so it gives like the, it gives it that crease back mm. you know uh what else do i have here we put tissues or paper towels like in men's jacket to like sort of puff them up to make them look a little bit more buff. typically how long does like a casketing take like with one person uh, i mean it depends on the size and everything but let's just say it takes 20 minutes to dress someone give or take and then once you're doing cosmetic well, place them in the casket there's bunch of different methods um and then once you're once you your cosmetics that really depends on the person mm-hmm. you know natalie natalie takes longer than me i do like to say natalie Burn. gets no 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 no. natalie gets better results like her cosmetics for the most part always looks good uh-huh. mine I, I i worked in a different i started i, I worked in a different culture where it was a little bit more quicker so we kind of just like knocked it out faster but it didn't always always lead to great results. Mm-hmm. So Natalie taking longer is not a burn by any means. Um, it's more of she knows how to take her time for it to be better. That's why she has a manager sweater. That's why she has a manager sweater. And we want to hope everything's okay with that blimp accident. Gosh. Uh, the last thing I had and that episode where they put cat food for whatever. And I think that was six feet under trying to go for shock value. What is really funny that uh, uh, an old coworker used to say is when we were dressing women, he would go, give her a little personality. And it was putting cotton because no one will ever complain mom's ch- mom's grandma's chest looks too big. If it ever looks too flat, you, you've gotten complaints. Do they actually complain about that? Yeah, but no one ever complains if there's too much. And again, within reason, right? You know, there's, there's two fucking helium balloons, but you give like grandma or mom or whatever a little personality goes a long way got it and again it's like i'm saying it's all an optical illusion got it. all of it um now i'm going down an avenue where uh i don't know if it'll make sense so when a person's laying in the casket on that pillow like a little trick is like we kind of pull the fabric of the pillow up and like flatten it over their shoulders like their neckline and it makes it look like they're like laying down i don't know how to describe this when you go into your bed you can see like the imprint of the sheet yeah and if you kind of pull it out, it just looks a little bit more comfortable. And horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I can't explain this at all. <laughs> no. Uh, there's nothing I ever mentioned where you were like, huh. I mean, we use crazy glue to glue mouth and, and, and eyes. Uh, I'm going to think of something. I'm going to be so mad. Not that I could think of. Not right now. Scissors. Well, that means I don't have any. I'll think about it two hours later from now. Uh, thank you. Marissa, you're Mikhail, welcome. The voice of the podcast, uh, in full uniform regalia tonight. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you have to say something. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Natalie will be back next week, and uh, let's all wish her well on her blimp accident. Miss you, Nat. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs> the digging six feet under podcast listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com join us on the next episode as we review each episode of hbo's original television series six feet under please search and subscribe to us on itunes under digging six feet under Come on.